I was using, I've been using my Rodeo pad recently. Oh, I do love that Rodeo pad. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, actually, let's talk about that on the podcast. So I, uh, last episode, spoke about upgrading my uh, Macs to High Sierra. And I've recently become aware that it's still not as stable as I thought it was. When did High Sierra come out? It's been uh, over a year ago. Yeah, yeah. About a year ago. Yeah. So, well, it was announced at the previous WDC before this year, so 2017's WWDC, then um, released, obviously, in fall or whatever, uh, this last year, sorry. So it's coming up to a year. But um, when it was first announced, there was some problems with its Windows server because they rewrote the Windows server. There were some weird problems that I was seeing with uh, Steve... Uh, Trout and Smith's Twitter. Uh, he had some really good images. I think they're actually. I think I actually mentioned them in the podcast when we first started. Oh yeah, I think you did. Yeah, a long, long time ago. And so I was obviously. I spoke about last episode how it's finally time to upgrade my Max and uh, get on High Sierra so I can be on uh, Mojave when that comes out. And I was, I was, uh, I was in the office about two weeks ago, and I lost all text on any context menus, lost all of my terminal windows. They were all just blank um, with no uh, backgrounds. I also like all the context menus in from the menu bar as well. And the menu bar itself was all blank. Uh, so it was really, really weird. I could still use most apps, but standard like stock apps were being really weird and just didn't have any content. The window frames were there, but the content wasn't. Is that right? So yeah. it was like failing to draw inside the like the the app contents onto the windows. Yeah, so it's really weird. I will I've I've got uh, I tweeted um Steve and I'll put a I'll put a link in the show notes to this um with some images. One is my terminal um after it's been dragged around over uh, activity monitor and it's like it, it looks kind of like Windows used to when you know when you, Windows used to crash and do that. Oh, like, the tearing, uh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of strange because that used to be because they were writing to the same like buffer for the screen. Mm. Whereas now they don't. Hmm. There are also two shots. One is of terminal before I dragged it around of just blank window, and the next one is of my Mac bar with just no content in it. So. It's very interesting. Um, and Steve says that, uh, the reason I'm talking about this now is that Steve says that the um, Mojave still has these problems. It's a bit annoying. Because mm, yeah. I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to miss out on all the, those bugs. And this was one of them that I was conscious of, uh, given that it was it was way, way worse back when High Sierra came out. But this is still annoying. And if it's going to happen, like, what if I'm doing something critical and I lose, lose this kind of stuff? It's, yeah. So... Bit of follow up with that one. Um, I'm probably still going to upgrade my iMac though, because I think like this is still this, like I'm going to have to go. To, oh, I still want my heavy. And to be fair, this happened after you know like two weeks, I guess, and it hasn't happened since. So if it's oh, every, it hasn't. Yeah, I was going to ask you if it's if it was a regular thing or just a one off that it happened. It hasn't been for me personally like this is the only time it happened but if it, even if it happens again i reckon another time like if it happened once every two weeks it'd be annoying but i can probably live with it andromeda mac rumors posted an article on uh, their site on friday the 29th <laughs> of june finally right. admitting the existence of andromeda 
So, so Mac rumors, Mac rumors have said it, so it's true now, right? Yes, as as right. we all know, all all research comes from Mac rumors, right? Yeah, I told you they would announce it tomorrow. <laughs> you know what? You did, you did, and while they didn't announce it, it looks like um, so the, the the Mac rumors article has uh, come about because of a like a a, a, a fresh. Um, kind of look at Andromeda, and I think that was sparked by The Verge. And it yeah, did and they've happen. got some emails. They've got some emails, don't they? Yeah. the 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 thing here is that we were discussing this on Slack the other day, and you said, "Mark my words, it's going to be announced tomorrow." And though it wasn't, we did get some some more information about it. I suppose. Look, look I to told you. Yeah, I due to these leaked that. emails, apparently, the, not that we see the contents of the emails, so I, I don't know. I don't know what's in these emails, but I did tell you that we'll announce it or this year. I told you, uh, you know, I'm, you, I'm absolutely sure of it. Yeah, so, yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, I told you. I predicted it. So that same this same week, um, and I shared this this tweet with you guys, and we'll stick it in the show notes. Uh, there was also a tweet by Panos Pane, who is in charge of the Surface division, um, tweeting a photograph of a dual hinged screen with some uh, references to LG, right? Yes, and um, I believe that was a I believe it it was a gift to him, or you know they did some artwork or something. Um, but it's, I mean, it's so obviously a hint at what's coming. I mean, mm. it, it couldn't be more obvious at this stage. Now we've, we've seen, um, prototypes from other people. So like Intel and other manufacturers, um, showing these dual screen devices. So it's obviously a form factor that other people are working on and that Microsoft has discussed with other people. Um, but we have not seen their... Uh, their version of this, which of course is Andromeda. The interesting thing in the in the Verge article is that they say that the renderings that we saw a while back, and we linked to them um, when they first kind of became available, that they are uh, like practically identical, that the renderings pretty much got it. Um, and those renderings were based on the patents that we'd seen, as well as um, the rumors of what it was going to be like. So it does sound like it will have what you know this uh, an attempt at wrapping a screen around. However, that works, we don't know, mm-hmm. um, and it will I'd be, be afraid of scratching it though. If you wrap it round and you have it, you know, on one face down, yeah, side face down. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you you probably wouldn't want to have it face down that way. I don't know. Um, Maybe they've got like a, some kind of thing to stop it from or to protect it. I don't know. But which yeah. would be a bit crap, wouldn't it, if you had to then put something else on it? I don't know. That's yeah. that's something interesting to look out for. It, it is, because obviously when it's closed, we're, we're talking, the screens are on the inside. Mm-hmm. But if you want to if you want to use, like open it up and start using it, you are then exposing both sides of screen. And either way, you're going to be putting your, your paw prints on some screen. Um, mm. It's also worth mentioning that the latest Redstone 5 build that came out... Uh, is obviously continuing to improve the um, the APIs and uh, that are included in the system and so on, and yet more stuff is coming, uh, particularly around the sensors, uh, detecting whether a dual hinged device is open, is hmm. flat, is currently moving, is at and you know what angles it at and so on. So all of these kind of APIs are available to developers. I think they 
kind of going for this idea that if you open it like into like a tent mode, I think, you, do you know what I mean? Where the both screens are on the outside, but it's... Yeah, it's like a, a triangle. Yeah. Like when you do something like that, the app can behave in a certain way. So say, for example, it could show an alarm on the screen and the other side could be blank or, you know, being able to adapt to these situations, app developers need to be able to hook into events and things like that. So they're already built into Windows, which means that it's probably this Redstone 5 version of Windows that's currently in development that is going to be shipping with Andromeda. Is it weird to me that every time I see these images, this is the render um, by David Breuer, I think his name is, and um, every time I look at it, it just reminds me of a Nintendo DS. All I all I can see is a, a thinner Nintendo DS. So that's an interesting one because um, a lot of people have said that they really want to see gaming on this because... Um, there's no reason why it wouldn't be able to run games. Um, but how is a control, how is a controller going to work like that? Because obviously the second part is a screen. So obviously a mm. uh, virtual controller might be a thing. Because um, I think in theory, if you open it up like a DS, if they have a wraparound screen, uh, I don't know, because that's on the inside. So I don't know you wouldn't be able to press any of the shoulder buttons, would you? You wouldn't have shoulder buttons. You wouldn't have triggers, but you would nope. have on-screen buttons. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe like emulators or something like that would work great. But whether something like Halo would work, probably not. But it does. It does look like a. It does. Yeah. I, I see what you mean about it being kind of DS-like. Yeah. There's there's some funny comments. Some guy commented, "If it runs iOS, I'm in." And then some guy was like, "Why would you want to put a dumb OS on a pro device? I can't even do something as basic as putting an active SSH session in the background on my iPad without it dying." <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah you know, just, it's, the struggle's real the struggle's real i find it really weird that you've got these that 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 kind of guy on on mac rumors but okay yeah yeah i don't know i think um i i know people have moved from macs to surfaces but i i would i would assume that the mac rumors um readers are still very much Elitist. into yeah i would that would be my assumption but i I, i'm gonna be honest i don't tend to read mac rumors uh very often though i did see i I did read something about it this morning because they were talking about apple maps being updated and Mm. so i clicked through and it was on it was on mac rumors so i do tend to end up there but i don't it's not somewhere that i tend to visit it's more i see see a topic of interest and click on it and it comes through and it's mac rumors and i'm like oh i know who they are i follow them on twitter just to see some things if they happen that i can get some news basically or see what's going on so can i ask you a question andrew do you yes do you actually think that it's now more likely to happen because mac rumors have written about it uh i mean hmm. it's okay if that's true i'm 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 wondering because obviously (laughs) everyone has their own sites that they find uh you know that they tend to believe stuff from or they they have you know this kind of idea that that they're that their news is going to be correct. Um, and I'm wondering if it, if somehow this validates it for you. I mean, so there's a couple of, there's a couple of things. One, obviously when I first saw this, I was joking to you about how, Oh, it's actually, you know, it's real. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never seen this before, even though we've obviously spoken about it. And that was the joke. Although Jordan didn't quite grasp that. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't really know. Like, so I don't, the, the difference is here that I have no, gauge on what 
Microsoft news is like, really, because I've never paid attention to it. Yeah. Whereas with Mac rumors uh, saying something about Apple, typically I find that they'll throw, uh, phrase it in a way that is like, oh, this couldn't, this this is a fifty fifty. This isn't something that's for definite. Right. And I so I don't know really how how this is because I don't know if this is just Mac rumors have picked up something that they they now know is going to happen or to be I, I will say though i didn't actually fully read the article I, like i never fully read articles because i get bored um of reading but that's, that's, that's understandable i think i think a lot of people are the same but in, but in terms of it just being on mac rumors i i would imagine that it's it's now coming to a point where it is actually going to be something whereas before you've got like windows central who seem to just any any news about anything related to windows and microsoft they will they will talk about because it's something yeah. going on even if it's you know a zero percent chance of happening or a zero point one percent chance of happening like but with mac rumors i guess them reporting something that is microsoft related means that it's probably progressed to a point where it's good to go outside of their usual apple related uh area yeah so well, I this guess, is yes. this is interesting. Why? Uh, so this is this is interesting to me because this is actually why um, why I asked. So Windows Central have been posting about this thing for a while, and yeah, I think um, Tom Warren over at the Verge posting about it again. With obviously they've seen some extra material that has convinced them, though mm-hmm. they haven't really shared it. Uh, it sparked a little um, a little thing on Twitter whereby. Uh, people were saying who was first to mention Andromeda, who was first with this news, who was first with that news. And I think the Windows Central people seem to be um, a bit defensive about this because they're they're basically saying, oh, we, you know, we've re- been reporting on this for ages and suddenly mm-hmm. everyone's, everyone's saying The Verge has discovered this stuff. And yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's funny because obviously you don't really see this. All you're doing is you're seeing that that uh, you know Matt Rumors has mentioned it, and then mm-hmm. you know it adds that extra validation. But I suppose if Windows Central has been talking about it for a while, like how do you know that this one is like suddenly they they've got that that extra bit of information? You know, because you, they've been talking about it for so long, yeah. it seems like um, you know it seems like maybe they aren't getting it like new information they're just saying the same thing but I, I think they are i think they are getting the same information yeah i mean the, the, the verge is obviously like i think it's quite it's a bit it's a bigger site than than windows central right i would yes. assume so because wind i mean windows central for me at least i didn't actually know about until we started this podcast because i would never like none of none of this stuff would come into my life so until i mean you may have linked some uh, something to me in the past but i've never going oh this is windows central like so i don't know but the only time i started recognizing windows central was when we started this podcast and having to start to link to things like this so i would like i was saying the main points they don't come into my life but the verge the verge are everywhere like everybody's into the verge because they're not just about apple and they're not just about windows or you know the web stuff like they're they're about everything so everything tech related i guess so they're a bigger site and they have more reach and they have more um it's less niche i guess so yeah, it's it's no wonder that when the Verge starts talking about something, everybody's then going to start talking about it on top of that because yes. that's just how it even, works. Even the mainstream media has uh, picked up on this one as well, though yeah. they've um, they've kind of butchered it a bit by by describing what it what it is. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, 
more people talking about it. So I, I think actually this, not because it's Mac Rumors, but because this kind of fresh round of people talking about mm-hmm. it has just convinced me even more that it's that it's coming soon. I don't know when they'll announce it, but it it's it's uh, rumored to be shipping, uh, to becoming available even in small amounts, probably at the end of the of the year in the in the it, fall. It's Mac rumored to be shipping in the end of the year. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, everyone's saying the same day. Everyone's saying yeah, the same day, yeah. and this has been this has been the kind of plan for a while. They've been working on it for a couple of years. It was always going to be that kind of that that fall day that they were aiming for. But I was kind of expecting them to announce it sooner. And according to Windows Central, um, they were considering having a developer edition of it in um, April, I believe. So they were considering have like making an early version of this available purely for developers or showing it, um, but they decided not to. So, Jordan, mm. Jules is obviously getting this because Jules, you write a lot in your OneNote, and you it's obviously a bit of a pain on on the thirteen inch display of the Surface Book when it's unhinged. Yeah, Jordan, you are. Obviously, doing a lot of OneNote, but you typically do it either using your computer through a keyboard or um, on your iPad. Yeah, with my Apple so, Pencil. Right. So, do you think that this device interests you from that point of view of use as a device for writing? Um. Mm, yes and no. It's, it's so it's it's really difficult. Um, I have a Surface Book, as you know. Uh, I, I've always said that I find it difficult to use it as a notebook, like you know, screen and pen. Um, predominantly, that's because the operating system and its size. Um, so size-wise, this Andromeda device looks like it's what just slightly smaller than the, the iPad Pro size that I've got, which is the ten-inch, um, ten point. What is it, a 10.9 inch? I, 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 I don't 10. know. 10.5 is yours. 10.5. I don't really one. know the size of Andromeda, by it, the way. To be honest, it looks like a similar size that, to, to my iPad, I'm, like from those <sighs> renderings. I know you Damn can't. It, like, why don't you guys know this stuff? How many times do I have to tell you? It's so easy. Well, it's 12.9 and it's a 10.5. And they had a well, 9.7, which is the original size. Right. Well, whatever inches it is, it's a good iPad for me. Um <laughs> So lame. So size-wise, and the fact that you can fold it is like two ticks for me. From but the operating system, I can't use it as a can't use it as an op. I don't even want to. It's like this portable operating system, you know, the thing that's on you you, you use on the move. And I mm. feel like iOS does that much better. Granted, it's still terrible. Like and, and a lot of like. There's a lot of things I wish they would improve. The things that I wish I could just do with specifically around better multitasking. Um, I think the operating system needs what Microsoft have done with their kind of their SDKs for like touch devices. So like the fact that rulers are built into the operating system and stuff like that. So any app can use the operating system's ruler would be, would be awesome. I know Apple have something in the notes app, but I'm not sure if it's part of the actual uh, operating systems SDK, um, 
which is a bit suckish because I don't, I, I still don't have a ruler on OneNote, and I'm not mm. sure if that's. A, I, I think that might actually be an operating system limitation over Microsoft not wanting to do it quickly. If I'm being honest, because I think it's quite a straightforward thing to implement. If if the operating system supported it, you would just. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm over trivializing it. You know how these things are. But going back to the question. Uh, it interests me. I would like to see it in the flesh. I don't think it's the right device for me because I, I, I find Windows quite... I find it really good for desktop development and desktop notes. Like, I, I, I really enjoy, like... When I'm using OneNote on my Surface Book, it's with a keyboard. I feel like if I got a keyboard for my iPad, I could do the majority of my OneNote that I would do on my Surface Book on the iPad, which would yeah. be quite a nice thing. I, I definitely recommend you getting a keyboard for your iPad. I'm I like like I said like when the new one comes out I'm totally gonna go all out and get literally everything for it because it's nice so I carry sorry to interrupt I carry around a magic keyboard with my um with my iPad 12.9 and it would be just be like really nice to be able to snap it snap the keyboard in place and then just have it built into the case and not have to carry these two things separately like I said yes yeah. yeah yeah Kind of. So, yeah, um, I'd like to see it. Jules, will it be an instant buy for you then? I think so. I think so. I think... Um, I'm asking for selfish, purely selfish reasons. Yeah. I, I think I, I kind of see myself with, like, ideally, I think I would want a Surface Studio at, at home, oh. a Surface Book for work, and this Andromeda device as the kind of go between note taking type type device because you know I take a lot of notes in meetings and I use my yeah my uh, Surface Book and it's a bit much for that you know it's a bit large for that so I think that would be the ideal obviously you know the ideal is just uh, ideal and not um, you know not not something that it, it, even even then it's just a snapshot in time right so. While I'm saying that now, I think the chances are that the Surface Studio will probably wait a while, and the um, and you know uh, getting rid of or you know moving along my old Surface Book in favor of the Andromeda. I don't know, but um, I think I would like to get the Andromeda device as soon as it becomes available. How it fits in, I don't know yet. Can I just confirm that? When you say you would like a Surface, uh, what's it called? A Surface? What, the Surface Pro? What? Sorry. Studio. Surface Studio. The big one. Yeah. The iMac kind of thing. Um, can I just confirm that when we say that, you actually mean a version that isn't in existence yet, that doesn't have this weird uh, yeah. physical hard disk? Like oh, yeah. So the, the, the current one has this weird uh, hybrid hard disk. But I think, I think it's... I'm going to make an assumption here that the next uh surface studio will maybe have like a rotating screen i'm just gonna guess because this the um the surface hub the new surface hub 2 is amazing looking and that thing kind of you can rotate it round um you know portrait or landscape Mm. depending on what you're doing and I think it makes sense for them to, to to take some of that design language and put it onto the Surface Studio. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they make a version that has 
some kind some changes around how the, the the screen works or the angles that you can put the screen at um i just yeah the reason i mention it is because that's i think that's a that whole idea of having a surface studio and uh, the andromeda and a surface book is different to the way that i would uh plan to have my devices in the past whereby i kind of aimed to have pretty much one computer that would dock in different circumstances so i dock it into a screen at home I dock it into a screen at work. And I think I'm kind of moving away from that in a bit to say, actually, I kind of like the idea of just having a workstation at home that's just always on and always set up and, you know, has a keyboard, a mouse, a big screen that's comfortable and then have, you know, this kind of smaller device, which is the one that you use on the sofa or in meetings and things, Um, which is different to having a laptop that I would then dock into the desk situation so is it is that's the reason i mention it is because it's different like that but like i say um i think andromeda i would want to get first to see how it fits mm. but it, I, it's it is it, it, this is like my dream device right because i wanted the courier before it um i wanted a surface mini um i like i want a smaller screened surface because because of those reasons. So it, it ticks all of those boxes for me. I just hope that uh, it doesn't have kind of first generation device syndrome, which means that, I don't know, like it overheats or <laughs> the battery doesn't last long enough or it has some other problem that I can't foresee right now. That means that in a few years time, you look back and you, and you go, oh, well, that was a that was a bad choice and is obvious now in hindsight. Uh, so... I mean, how much do you reckon this this thing will be? I don't know. I, I, they're not going to aim at consumers, are they? It's going to be aimed at businesses and uh, and creatives. So I would I would assume it would probably be about the same price as a low end Surface Pro. I don't know. Which is how no, much? I reckon about twelve to fifteen hundred quid. I reckon. Oh yeah, like a, a high end iPhone. I don't know. It'll probably be around that around that okay. mark. So a, a computer or an iPhone. So the idea of replacing this every every generation isn't something that is possible, really. Well, uh, I mean, it's right, possible, but not it's right not. now. But it would be a nice uh, thing to attain. I would like to be able to get to that point. However, um, whether having the option of replace of having a device refresh yeah. of, of one of those devices every year would be lovely. Um. But I, you know how it goes. You, you, it's waves, and like I said before, the it's never you know the ideal setup is just a point in time. So uh, yeah. who, who knows? You know, I'm still using my Surface Book One, and I used my my Surface Pro Two for a long time after the Surface uh, Pro Three came out. So I think it, this one would probably last a couple of generations, unless there's some major change. I don't know. Mm. I just, I'm just, I'm super excited about it, and um, I feel like that kind of digital ink surface would be uh, something that I would really enjoy using with with OneNote and and the other kind of tools I use. I think as well that if Microsoft want to compete with things like the iPad with this device which I'm not sure, as you've said, if it's creators and professionals and maybe it is an iPad Pro competitor, which still, yeah. you know, it's yeah, nine, it kind of is, 900, it? 900 pounds for an iPad Pro, right? For the base model. Is that right? I don't Andrew, know. Sanity check, sanity check my maths on numbers with the iPad. I'll get back to you. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it's around that. I'm pretty sure I spent about that on mine. Pro ten point five inch. Yeah. Uh from six hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, so Microsoft have it doesn't look as thin as the iPad Pro, does it? It doesn't look as I know it's not the same device, but it doesn't look as thin. The, they're aiming at a similar market, so I don't know. It would be nice if the the entry prices for these devices were around the seven eight hundred pound mark. I, I would think that would be a fair 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 entry point. Um, and maybe they do a couple of different models that go up to twelve thirteen hundred pounds, mm-hmm. and that way it becomes accessible for all professionals and creators, including you know student type creators, right? Who are kind of yeah, you know, yeah. As a, it's an education thing as well. Apple are big in the education area with. The iPad. I will say something, though, that, that, something that you've just just said, something that you've just raised is that given that each side of this device could be this the, the thickness of an iPad or an iPhone or whatever, it, it might be quite chunky and weird, like bulky to use. Well, no, I, I don't think it e- either each side is going to be as thin as the iPad. The iPad is a very thin device, and from those renderings, it looks it looks it looks about Surface Book. Just slightly bigger than the Surface Book thickness for the the panel, you know the each side. Yeah, I reckon like the. Hang on, I am literally. Yeah, I, right I know. Now. I know what you're saying. So basically, the the top part of the 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 screen part of the um, Surface Book, you're kind of going on the assumption that that USB C connector um, is correctly sized, mm. and obviously this is just a rendering, but yeah, it does look like it would be relatively thick when, um, closed. Um, but as long as it fits in a pocket, I think that's, it's not really, you know, if it's, if, if they're calling it a pocketable device, it needs to fit in a pocket. And to me, I think if it's as thick as an iPhone with a case on, we're okay. Yeah. I just think that when you've got it open, it might feel a bit weird if it's really thick but open i I don't think it's gonna be that yeah. thick when when it's open because you've got quite a small space really on each side and if it's quite if it's quite thick then it'll just it'll feel like a weird uh, block i'm not sure I, I'm, it, I'm sure i'm sure if feel... it was you know if it was like that they would have fixed that by now they would have done mm. something about that because that's i, I think they'll, they'll be they... making it feel like a notebook i'm sure they'll be making it feel like it is a notebook with a um like a hardback cover Mm. They'll, they'll that's surely what they're kind of aiming for so as long as it feels like that when you kind of uh open it up when you place it when you place it on a table it's gonna be flat anyway but i as long as they make it feel like you're opening a book a notebook i think they'll i think that'll be okay and there hasn't Indeed. really been a device like this before so we don't really know what in terms of thickness because like i think my my kindle is probably thicker than an ipad but it doesn't that doesn't bother Feel me. that yeah, yeah it doesn't bother yeah. me I mean, I'm just really looking at these renderings now, and actually, it doesn't look like it would be that thick. It looks like it would be. I just, mm, yeah. If you fit that in, you could fit that. It looks kind of like a phablet, really, when it's clo- like it's closed. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, like a Galaxy Note type size. I reckon that's kind of what they're aiming for. It'd be and interesting to the, see. And and no, no, now, if that's but, the case, then it's going to be too small for me. But I think it'd be perfect for you. Um, would you go and try and replace your phone with some kind of internet-based, like Skype number? If if this, you know, or if it had cellular in it, but for data, would you try and get rid of the iPhone, or would you keep the iPhone? Well, you've got an Apple Watch now, don't you? So you would you yeah. would have both, I suppose. I think I, I would I would definitely have both. I probably downsize the phone so it's a smaller one. Um, 
but mm. um i i mean i don't i don't really know we'll, we'll have to wait and see but um i mean i i do already have a skype number um which i can use instead of a instead of a a phone number i've got an actual oh, skype you, number you can't go away from using our message now i've just got used to you yeah no i, I, I it seems unlikely it seems very unlikely that i would do that Good. but um Good. but i would definitely put a sim card on it for data that's uh, yeah i think that's a definite and i think this would be um this would be a device that I would take uh with me um more often than i take my surface book now but it isn't if i'm going for a walk in the park i don't think i would bring this but i probably would bring an iphone going back to uh, last thing it's kind of related to me. Uh, going back to what you were saying about the studio, I have been really enjoying still having the iMac. Obviously, love it. Like I'm using it right now, and it's the best thing ever. Um, but I'm usually I, I've got it in the office now most of the time, and which means that when I come home, it's not there. It's at the office because I'm, I I don't want to lug it around between the office and my house every single day because it's heavy, and that would just be there wouldn't be much benefit. And mm-hmm. I've realized that no laptops currently give me the the feeling that my iMac does with the power like the power this thing has or just the ability to just deal with things and it's not an iMac Pro and it's not a Mac Pro but it's you know it's a fairly high spec um latest uh Mac iMac but it just deals with everything and it never makes noise and it's amazing. It's it's just amazing, and like yeah. every every MacBook I've I've had, it just makes noise when you you know you're doing something that's just when you push it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it's because it's desktop grade hardware, oh, isn't it's it? So good. It's and, so good. You know, it's it's been a long time for me since I've had a desktop machine. Um, a really a really long time. So, um, but but I know what you mean. Yeah, it it is a different thing to come home and sit down at that computer that's already there and it could be running stuff versus, you know, folding your computer up, putting it in your bag and going somewhere else. Mm. Anyway, that was just a little side note that I think I really want more of them. And I want something that I can take around that is powerful enough to not care when I'm pushing it even just a little bit. But yeah. Last episode, I spoke a lot about the changes I've been making in my system, um, and I really enjoyed talking about that. That was actually really good. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the OmniFocus stuff. Uh, Jordan, we'll have to catch up with you in the future about OmniFocus because I know you've been. There trying is it out. nothing to catch up right. on, which is why I'm uh, saying this because you still need to go forward with it. Um, but uh, Jules, you've been you, you part of your system is that you have reviews, and you have been doing your summer review lately, and you have quite uh quite a few notes to share about that. So, you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, um, as I think we have mentioned before, I tend to do four uh, reviews um, for my system a year. Obviously, I can do mini reviews at any time, but I like to have four in my calendar, um, and they tend to be around they tend to be kind of seasonal um and so usually it's the longest day of the year where i would kind of look at and i'd say okay where can i can i fit in a uh, review around this time and so it's this is this weekend and next weekend is when i you know plan on doing my summer review um 
so this the i find the the end of the year review is tends to be the largest one when i look back on the whole year and i uh, kind of define goals and objectives for the whole year um so so the, the summer is kind of like the opposite end of that and i tend to do a bit of a um just make sure that everything is in order uh, at that time of course this year i'm playing a bit of a uh, an extra kind of focus on the system itself so the system is getting a lot of um attention as part mm. of this review but yeah i you know it's for this for the, for the summer one i tend to just basically go with what's on my mind at the moment you know is there any upcoming travel and things like that uh whereas something like the the fall or autumn review um often has more practical things like do I have the clothes that I need for the upcoming season? Same with spring as well. Actually, I tend to review clothing and stuff like that in in spring. What um, have you opted for for the the dying heat that is in England right now? So obviously, i I make sure that I've got clothes for the summer in spring. Um, yeah. So that, I I did that spring. already. Uh, so I, you know me, I tend to wear a lot of synthetic fabrics and, um, sports clothes, basically that's, that's what I wear mm. all the time. Um, but yeah, <laughs> black, jeans, so, black jeans for me. Yes. Well, I do wear jeans. I do tend to wear jeans uh, at work, uh, but not black ones. So I'm, uh, I'm reflecting, I'm not reflecting, wait, I'm not absorbing <laughs> as much heat as you at the moment. Yeah. Um, but the main things I've done this year for the summer review is, uh, like checking out my computer environments, making sure that they're set up uh, nicely the way that I want, including now obviously the iPhone and the Apple Watch because they're now part of part of this system. Mm. Um, on the Apple Watch side, I actually went through the watch faces. I got rid of some that I originally added uh, and I've kind of reduced the number of uh, watch faces that I have on there by default. Yeah. So, so sorry, just on that, you yeah, have sure. still like what four or five of them? Um, yeah. That. Let me just have a look. Yes, How many correct. times a day do you go? Oh, I'm gonna switch watch face, or when? Like when do you do this? Because I've got one, and I never. Well, I've got two technically. Yeah. And the only time I ever switch is when I go. When I, well, when I'm talking to you, and you go, oh, I've got some new watch faces, right? Or something like that. And I never change it. Like it's always just the same watch face. So. What's your criteria for changing watch faces? Okay, so um the main thing here is I wanted to make sure that I had ones that I was that I was actively using because obviously I set up a load when I first got the Apple Watch. And this is this is a good one to mention because this is a basically my approach for the the kind of review in general. Okay. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll go into specifics on the Apple Watch, but it's I do this for basically all of the computers. So I am um, I looked at the ones that I had on there. And I thought, okay, which ones do I actually use? Um, and we, and also a bit kind of, kind of setting myself up for future success in a way of saying, well, okay, which ones would I like to use more as well? So it's a kind of a mixture of um, getting rid of stuff that I didn't use, but also optimizing the ones that I did use to make it more, you know, distilled, kind of make better, make it better yeah. than what it is. And the Apple Watch kind of allows you to do this, which is really nice. So I will tell you which ones I have from from left to right, uh, and and when I use them. So um, I will take some screenshots as well that we can put in the show notes. So Sweet. the far left one is the Chronograph um, uh, watch face. 
So complications wise on here, I have the timer, I have my alarm, I have some world time. And of course the chronograph has in the top right hand corner, a button to start a stopwatch. So if I want to do any kind of time related things, all I need to do is just swipe onto this watch face and everything is already there. I don't need to go into the apps list or anything for the next one. Use uh, probably the majority of the time, which is the Nike plus um, digital watch face, I think, which um, I just have kind of three complications on the side. So I've got the Nike plus app at the top. I have um, activities and I have iMessage. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that I use the majority of the time. And you've seen this one. This is the one with the big, um, big writing in Futura font face. Uh, I have it in the vault color. In yeah, fact, I've yeah. set them all to be the vault color now. The next one along is I, I kind of call it my work um, watch face, but it's it's not just work. It's other things too. Um, but basically this one is the modular watch face. Mm-hmm. So I have the date in the top left-hand corner, the time obviously at the top there, then Outlook calendar in the middle, uh, Outlook bottom left and activity bottom right and nothing in the middle complication. And this this one just basically lets me see what's coming up that day. So if I'm actually, if I want to know the date, this is a dumb one, but if I'm on the other watch face, it doesn't have a date on it. If I need to see the date, I know that if I can just swipe to the right, it will show me the date and my calendar and if I've got any emails. Um, the next one after that is the, what's it actually called? It's called numerals. I don't yeah. know if you know this one. It's like an analog watch face and has some numbers in the background. Yeah. It's like the main I've hour. Well, I've, I say I've got it. I don't think I've got it. I've seen it. You know, um, you know the one I mean. It's yeah. quite, it's quite a simplistic one. So if I want something basic, I'll, I'll I'll just switch over to that one. Without interrupting your flow, do you find mm. your watch faces change in the morning, or is that just me? I mine, mine, that. mine. I maybe I accidentally knock it, but I I have two primary watch faces that I go through. Mm. One is the 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 uh, the utility one with um, the date and then the temperature and then in the top right in the top mm-hmm. left and right and i like that one and then underneath i have activity and then i've got the modular one which is like the date the time and digital it's not really a watch face exactly then it tells me what's coming up in my outlook and then my outlook emails and a bit of my activity rings and then the time yeah. the sun goes down right i switch to that in the morning like not in the mornings but during the day and then by the time i wake up in the morning it switched back to the first one interesting no i have not had that so I right. tend to use the second one. Like if you think of this as a list, I tend to use the second one in the list by default the majority of the time. And I don't find it resets to the first one or any other in the list. So I find mine just kind of stays on the watch face it's on. So I, don't, I haven't seen that. I would find that quite annoying. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I can't tell if it's just me knocking it, like at some point during the day or... Or something, but I feel like... Or it, something resetting, yeah. yeah. You've got an older Apple Watch, haven't you? It does do strange things. It does do strange things. So I, I do also have the, the the last one is the Activity Digital. And so this is, this is one that I don't tend to use. I don't tend to use unless I am in the gym. And the majority of the time when I'm in the gym, I actually have it on that first, that main watch face because it's got access to the Nike Plus app that I want anyway. But if I'm doing other things, I tend to go on this one because it literally shows the numbers uh, next to the rings um, 
So if I want to see what the actual numbers are without like regularly without going into the app, this is, uh, this is a useful one to have, but I think this probably has the least use out of all the ones that I have set up, but I think I do actually use all of these. And like the one you mentioned earlier, Jordan, the utility watch face, like Mm. I had used that previously, like that, that was one of, I, I previously had utility and I had the chronograph. And what I did is I just took all of the, all of the complications that I had on utility and kind of thought about the ones that I wanted and put it all onto the chronograph. So I think the ones I have now I do use, and this is a kind of example of going through the computer, the computing device that I use and just saying, okay, get rid of this yeah. and, you know, make sure this one is correct so that um, everything's all nicely done. And now of course I could do this at any time, but the benefit of me doing this as part of my summer review is that I literally have a checkbox that comes up every year that says, have you reviewed all your computer systems and is it, are all the environments right? And I can tick that box. There is a lot to this stuff and um, the watch specifically, there's a lot we could go on about. I currently and only use the activity analog one and I've just changed it to be individual dials instead of the big, you know, the, the big circles. Um, yeah. But I've just noticed that on my watch, at least switching watch faces using the swipe is awful and doesn't work. Whereas on yours, because you've got the new one and it's super fast, it's like a breeze. Whereas it's difficult. Yeah, it's so so it, that's probably why it seems like an option to you and not an option to me because it's just, it doesn't work on this one. It's, right. it's just, it's, and like the animation it does while, you know, when you hold down to change, the animation it does then is just uh, like clicking. Oh, really? uh, clicking mm. is the wrong word. Like freezing. Yeah, all of that yeah. seems super smooth for me. So it might just be that version. So um, I won't go into the details on the PC, but basically I do the same kind of thing on the PC where I look at the, um, you know, my start menu layout. I look at the, uh, any apps that I have pinned there if I want to remove any and so on. Um, but what I will do is I'll mention the fact that I do the same thing on the on the, the phone, obviously. And because this is the first time with an iPhone, there's, there's a lot of kind of change there. Um, I've decided, I think the biggest kind of change my, to my system as part of this review, this summer review is that I have actually just decided to, um, uh, get rid of Feedly and Pocket. Ooh, and what? Yeah. We'll see how this goes. So I haven't deleted my accounts, but I've removed the apps and the browser plugins, uh, from all of the machines basically. Yeah. So my, I, I use next gen reader on the PC. I use Feedly on the, um, on the iPhone, uh, I use the pocket uh, app, sorry, the add-on for Chrome and Firefox and Edge. So I've removed that from everything. Um, I just found that I was just adding stuff to the list and then never reading it. Yep. And with Feedly, I would go through, what I would do is I go through my feed and I have, I've subscribed to loads of RSS feeds. I have been for many years. Um, I'd go through it and I'd, a lot of it, I'd just be like, nah, 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 nah. Oh, and I go, oh, this one looks interesting. I'll add it to pocket. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, right. So so Andrew's going to get annoyed at me for this, but I literally have Feedly open right now, and I've literally just done the same thing. Uh, I open it up, and I flick up to see what, what's interesting, but I don't put things into pocket. I actually read them. Yeah. I mean, I do I, I do sometimes read them. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm saying that I, you know, put, I only put them in pocket, but 
I, I, I mean, I do sometimes read them, but I think the, the, the amount of time that I just put things into pocket and then never read it oh, is, I just, I, I just, I, feel I like literally I just well installed pocket again yesterday because I was like, I need somewhere to save reads that I want to come back and read. Yeah, I and feel like I do a too. Huge problem with this, and, and it, there's and no now. solution because you want and to know now. something else. I started putting links in OmniFocus as well because I want right. to use them. Sure. As yeah, I put them in OneNote. Yes. I, 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 I put them in OneNote, and then like, well, not OneNote because OneNote, like, I have an incoming tab in OneNote, but then I, I never clear them out. They're, they're the ones that stay in there. So I'm, like, well, I'm not sure I what put, to do with them. I put like t-shirt links and stuff that I wanted to buy. I put them in OmniFocus because I need to action those. They have an expiry date, right? That one's fine. But I've started putting like just random videos on Twitter in OmniFocus. Yes. And I and hate you, it. If you take a video from if you take a video from YouTube, it's like the most annoying thing ever because those URLs don't tell you what the video is. So then you you've got like a video in your to-do list and you click on it and you're like, I have no idea this, what this is. This has been a you problem have to... for so long and I don't know what to do about it. And it's not even like yeah. I like the idea of Pocket is fine, but I've got so much stuff in there that it's a value to, like it's it's a value, but it's also not a value at all because it's like it's like Schrodinger's cat, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's like this, uh, it's just like a. I'm I, I'm probably gonna have to declare bankruptcy and then start again and actually implement something in the system where I actually start reading it because I don't spend yes. any time reading this stuff. So I think this is what you've said. There is probably what will end up happening for me, but because of the fact that I've decided to um, to just remove it right now, I will see if I miss it. And then if I do, I'll probably declare bankruptcy on this, the setup that's already there and kind of start again, probably with, with Pocket, but not with Feely because I'm already happy with the RSS feeds. I just, I just don't want to have another inbox to go through. With, with Pocket, like sometimes I do go and open it. And I'm like, right, I'm going to read some stuff or I'm going to filter this down. Like even just the idea of being able to filter that stuff would be great. Like that would be a start. But it starts like downloading everything and things are coming yes. in and things are going out. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I quit it and then run away. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. Continue. Well, just on, on that, I mean, I think I, when I traveled, when I last traveled on an airplane, I thought that Pocket was set up with a load of stuff for me to read. Yeah. And when I tried to read it, and this was actually on the Windows phone, this was on a different client actually. But uh, when I actually went to read them, most of them said, you need to download this, <laughs> even though I told it to download, yeah. uh, you know, thou- uh, loads of content. I'd, like I'd set it all to download the maximum amount of stuff. But when I went to read them, it didn't, it didn't work. And that may be the fault of the client, but it just kind of, it made that, you know, kind of useless for me. Um, I was going to say with RSS feeds in particular, um, I think my favorite time with RSS feeds was back when Microsoft had this little project called, um start.com which was a start page it was like a little um like off off the main kind of product line little experiment that microsoft worked on Mm. and you could add rss feeds to this page and what what they meant was that you went to this this page start.com which had a like a msn search at the time or bing search um box at the top but also had content that you picked in it in like widgets so i could put rss feeds from all my favorite sites in there and it was just all it meant was you go to a page and it has links to all the articles you may be interested in reading Mm -hmm. 
that it wasn't, you don't mark them as done. You didn't mark them as read. It just showed you all this list. And every time you went to that page, it always showed you the latest things. Instead, with something like Feedly, what it's doing is it's delivering that content to you in the same way as an email comes into an inbox. The problem is that then I now have an additional inbox of types to go through and mark as read. And it's just, I don't want to do that anymore. So that's why, um, even though I like the, 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 the feeds that I'm subscribed to, I just, I just can't be bothered. So I've decided to cut that out and we'll see how that goes, um, in a while. Um, also on the iPhone, um, I am considering changing some other apps around. So Blinkist was one that I had tried previously, um, and, kind of stopped using and I think I'm going to try using it again because it's seems useful. I like the idea of this thing, but I'm and I want to sign up for the free trial, but I also want to make sure that I've adjusted my mindset to make sure I use it. Like I you get this one blinkist a day thing through the app that and sometimes are a bit hit and miss of whether or not they're relevant to the things that I like. But I, I really want to use Blinkist. It's just yeah. another thing to pay for. It is, it is. And I don't really want to do that. So, you know, I, I don't really want to pay for it. Having said this, you know, I'm all for paying for lots of really good applications. It's if just when, it. yeah. And, al- and also like I pay for Audible now. I pay for, um, well, just lots of small little yeah. things, right? And small things. I think this, to me, this kind of sits in that same camp with Audible. So when I'm in the gym, I have the opportunity to listen to audio. And, uh, so that's often stuff through overcast or through audible, and I will attempt to listen to some stuff through, uh, Blinkist. So I'm going to give it another go. I think this is another one that I'm going to come back to and we'll discuss again on the podcast because I, I feel like it, it's close to being something really useful, but, um, but I'm in two minds about it. So I'm currently giving it another go. Um, Lumosity, which is a like brain training kind of game app thing. Um, I, I used it a lot when I first got my iPhone, but I find myself using it less now because basically it's the same games that they had when I originally uh, got it. And that's, I don't know. I just feel like it's, it used to be, Oh, I'm going to do some of these puzzles every day, which was, you know, quite an interesting thing. And now it's just like, Oh, it's the same one that I've done. However many times it just doesn't, so I'm on the fence about that one. I haven't removed it currently, but um, but um, I'm kind of in the, the midst of deciding with that. Um, I did install Workflow again, which which Andrew, I'm sure, would be pleased to hear. Mm. Um, I, I, meant, I successfully set up one that I liked the look of, which was for logging my weight into um, Apple Health. Because basically to do this now, you have to go, it's, it's not hard, but you have to go into Apple health and then you click on the, um, the measurements and then you find the one that says wait and you go into it and then you press a, a button in the top right hand yeah. corner, which then has an ad thing. And then you can type it in with this. You can literally type it in on the watch, which mm-hmm. is quite nice because, you know, often, uh, you know, our scales are in the bathroom. Yeah. I don't necessarily have my phone on me like i have to remember the number and then write it down it's, it's i thought it would be worth trying i've used that a couple of times but i haven't really set up much else on workflow yet but i thought i'd give it a go you know it's brilliant the fact that you jules 
after getting an iPhone, after Jordan's had work, had workflow on his phone, have also created a workflow before Jordan has created one. So, uh, good good for you. You beat Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I thought I'd give it another go. We will we'll see. I'll probably use it more when Series Shortcuts comes out. Um, yeah. But I thought I thought it was worth trying while I was refreshing this stuff. And the other one that I thought was, which is a bit bit of a weird one, was uh, Apple News. Um, I I had it on. I removed it. I put it back on again and, because I've found I found that you can completely totally remove sources. I did actually find the button that lets you do that. So I have said no Daily Mail, no The Sun, <laughs> all these other uh, garbage uh, sites that I don't want to see. Yeah. So I've turned all of those off and you have to go into the settings and you say only show me the ones that I've asked for. It's like an extra weird setting that you have to go into the settings app to find. But once you find this uh, and switch that on, it removes uh so much stuff like all the rubbish that i used to see so so you know now i have like news sources that i uh like in there Mm -hmm. so i thought i'd give this a go because um if this if this works then this is a non-inbox style way of um just being able to browse news and i think the interesting thing is that there's also um they also have their, um, what do they call it? It's like it's like written. They've got their their editors pick certain things, so yeah. they may come from they they may come from other sources, but they don't tend to come from. It doesn't, doesn't tend to be rubbish like the Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. So um, I have looked at that. Whether I keep this one or not, I have no idea. But again, that was a another another kind of change. This this desire for seeing. To, for, for having that kind of news content that I can read through one app, but kind of getting rid of other apps to to try another one is a kind of common theme um, here. And I think those those are kind of like the main things. I I also do some; those are the main co- kind of computer things. As part of the summer review, I also do reviews of my notebooks. Um, not much has changed there, but I do tend to do a bit of a a checkup on those and. Um, I write, I tend to write a document um, which kind of states what I'm currently focused on um, in a very kind of factual, not a, you know, writing in my journal style thing, but it is is very much like a fact-based, you know, this is, this is, these are my responsibilities at work. These are my responsibilities at home. These are the main areas of focus that I'm working on and just kind of reiterate that. And I th- find that just writing that every time I do one of these reviews is a good way of just getting everything out. Um, so I'm currently writing that and that's basically everything that, that, that I do that I'm currently doing for my summer review. Sounds pretty good. I would like to talk about maybe in the future, some stuff that you're doing away from devices. So maybe routine related things that that would be good to talk about. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because they're obviously part of the review as well, aren't they? They are less, less on the, less on the summer one. Right. Um, the summer one is a bit of a kind of a, make sure that the tools are all Sharpened. nicely sorted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Whereas I think routines and changes around that tend to happen on the spring and, um, 
and fall reviews. Mm. Those are the main times because I find it's that those seem like the best seasons for that. And of course the end of year review is like the big one that does the, the full on, you know, go through everything. Um, so the, the summer one is a bit of a, is a bit of a different compared to the others. It's a bit different. Um, so I don't tend to change yeah. habits and things. It's more a case of just making sure everything's set up, set up nicely. I do like the, um, these, these the conscious reviews of these things are really really good because it, it you do a lot just to keep your devices and like you know up and instead of getting into a to a pit of well God, I'm gonna have to you know do a fresh install to clean this up you do things that mean that you don't have to do that in the future like you can just do you know clean yeah. this out clean that out okay get rid of this get rid of that and you also start using your devices differently which is a, an interesting concept to try rather than just being stuck in the same old device. Uh, and the way it's it's configured as part of this also you know i've got a a virtual machine that i haven't actually used much recently but like as part of this because it's on my list is i literally have written this previously uh in the past you know i've made these uh essentially to-do items that would appear and say this is these are the things you're going to do on the summer review and it says make sure that all the computers you have are, are correctly configured and up to date and that meant you know i'm going to log into this vm that's been paused yeah. for months go into it and actually and be like okay am i going to use this shall it be removed am i going to update it yeah i'm going to update it i'm going to make sure it's all set up so that if i do need to use it yeah it's available for me and just having those reminders in place like past jules decided that it was a good idea to do this so now i'm looking at it and i'm going yeah it's it's worth doing it's worth doing now yeah i guess i guess we'll catch up in the future with anything that you do because this this you said it's next weekend as well isn't it that you're still doing these reviews yeah i i um i do often put a date in like a due date in to do but i see it i see it appear before then and i don't i don't set myself like one day to get all this stuff done yeah. so um usually it takes like a couple of weekends or a couple of days depending on how much time i dedicate to it awesome so we'll have to check up again, see if anything else has changed. Yeah, I think I think the interesting thing will be to catch up at some point to see how I feel about the Feedly and Pocket yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was just going to say. This in particular is something that I don't think just completely removing this stuff is necessarily the perfect solution, but I have no idea. There's there's no other apps out there that do yeah, exactly. kind of what, I'm, what I want. It's, it's so weird because to me, this this problem isn't solved. There is not a solution for the problem of Relator yet, even though there's, there's apps and ways to do it. Like, you know, there's Pocket and, uh, like you said, Feedly and all that kind of stuff. But it just becomes a dumping ground. I want some way to... Yeah. I want Because Pocket has really good integration with, with like, even Tweetbot or... But when was the last stuff. time Pocket innovated in this field? Right. Like, it's I think, exactly I think, the same as it was two years ago, three years yes. ago. I feel that a lot of that stuff is just is is nowhere near as useful as it could be. I think I kind of need a way to take either links or topics and throw them at a service and say these are the things that I'm interested in um and then be able to come back to that uh that list at some point and say okay well you know, organized by these categories or the kinds of things yeah. that this is about. Show me the the most relevant 
things at this point. And, you know, Pocket doesn't, doesn't really do that. No. I mean, Feedly definitely doesn't do that because it's just, it's just a, essentially a, uh, like a feed, an RSS feed reader. Um, it has some other stuff, but I mean, it's, it's essentially, it's just a way of aggregating uh, RSS. So none, none of those things have really changed. Um, I feel like, I feel like a lot of this information, it gets old after a while. So like an intro, like I may add uh, an intro to a new technology blog post to my pocket and then later on i see a real world example of it and i add that to my pocket but they are miles away because it goes by like chronological order right so those two things aren't linked but instead i kind of want the newer post about the same topic to kind of supersede it and to just show me that one and then if i want to read more there's more Mm. um or, or something i don't know but either way like the, the 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 apps that are currently out there for this whole idea of you know finding things finding things discovering things in twitter and through the web and then reading it later it it is ready for some innovation it's it's no good right now <laughs>